What's up, Yankee fans? It's your girl Iris here, back with another episode. After taking some time off, you know, getting things done, besides getting lost in the beautiful world of baseball. As you know, the Yankee season ended horribly, and hopefully they make the necessary changes to come back stronger in 2020. They already have some changes in place, but obviously from here to spring training to the season, a lot can happen. A lot still has to happen. Uh, just wanted to congrats the, congratulate the Nationals for taking care of business and winning their first World Series ever. So congrats to them for kicking the Astros cocky behinds, a team I absolutely cannot stand. The the Nationals on the other side are not cocky. They're easy to root for. And it was bittersweet when they came back to take the lead in game number seven. And went on to win the World Series. It's just crazy how the Astros did not use Cole in game number seven. Because after game seven, there's, there's no more baseball. And you have the best pitcher in baseball in the, in the bullpen. And... You know, I just feel like that's a mistake on the Astros side, and now he's a free agent. So, yeah, nothing like getting your heart broken by the Astros and then seeing the Nationals break their hearts right back. So, yeah, thank you, Nationals. I know Bryce was definitely feeling some type of way. Even though he was happy for his teammates, you know, it, it must have sucked. All those years, he couldn't come away with a ring. And then he sees his former team go all the way. A year after he signed. The same year he signs a contract, basically. Because he started fresh with the Phillies. And, you know, now they have a new manager in place, which is Joe Girardi. I think he's going to do great over there. And, you know, he... He's He made it in New York, so I believe he can do a, a great job anywhere. He's dealt with, you know, superstars. And and if you heard the, the recent podcast with Sabathia on the R2C2, you know, he mentions how, how family-oriented Girardi is. I'm not sure of the Phillies culture, but... The players definitely do feel comfortable around him. So I think he's going to do great over there. Um, But enough about the Phillies. I want to touch base on a lot of Yankees news that went on the past two weeks. There's additions and subtractions with coaches. Yankees declined the qualifying offer to seven different players. There's injury news. Hardware being given out to very deserving Yankees and there's also quotes from Hal that I want to get into and then there's the the Cash Sweeney exchange uh, that blew up. Just wanted to congratulate our closer Aroldis Chapman for winning the AL reliever of the year. He's still one of the best closers in the game and I'm glad he's still part of the team. Yes, the Yankees have good back-end relievers, but he adds to the team. His numbers speak for themselves. 
He picked up 37 saves. He posted a 2.21 ERA and struck out 85 batters over 57 innings. So that's nothing to sneeze at. And since 2012, he's picked up at least 30 saves. So that's very good production from Chapman over the last couple of years. I did see hatred on social media about game number six when he gave up the the walk-off home run to Altuve sending the Astros to the World Series and sending the Yankees home but if you're gonna hold a grudge against Chapman because of that I I think that's silly because he's still a great pitcher he's still still a great reliever and and that's not an easy task under the bright lights of New York. It's unfortunate what happened, but that's baseball. Chapman also had an opt-out clause, and many people thought that he was going to opt-out after winning the award, the award for more money via free agency, but he chose to work a deal with the Yankees. So he had two years 30 mil remaining, and the Yankees added an additional 18 million for a guaranteed third season. So we have him for three more years over 48, which is not bad. I think he has a lot left in the tank, and it, it's a good deal for one of the top relievers in the game. Besides his fastball, he definitely reinvented himself, working on his secondary pitches, specifically his slider, which has made him an even better pitcher. Uh, And I did see a report how he originally wanted uh, two more years added on to his contract, but the Yankees decided on one additional, which is even better just use that money towards a starter. The Yankees fire Larry Rothschild. He had one year remaining, but they decided to let him go. And this news came out of left field. But I was happy about the move. He's more of an old school dude. And I felt like it was time for a change. And the Yankees apparently felt the same way looking for someone new age and into analytics that is able to incorporate all in one. Uh, the Padres actually hired him to be their new pitching coach, which is a little surprising with their young core, but maybe they feel the experience will help out. There was speculation about him possibly joining Girardi with the Phillies, but that obviously didn't happen. So back to the Yankees. They interviewed two college coaches, younger candidates, you know, who were into analytics, new age. Um, So it was Chris Fetter of Michigan and Matt Hobbs of Arkansas. There was two others that declined. The biggest surprise, well, most Yankee fans wanted, uh, David Cohn. I was happy about him getting interviewed. I felt like he was a good candidate for the position. He loves analytics. He has great passion for pitching. You know, he's pitched in New York before and knows what it takes to win. 
he handles the pressure of New York beautifully, and he's a very smart pitcher. You know, when he's in the booth, he provides great analysis. He's a mix of both new and old school, but unfortunately, he did not get selected. So instead, Cone will remain in the booth, and I'm happy to tune in on more of his of his knowledge in 2020. Maybe he'll get his chance to become a pitching coach in the future if that's in his heart. So, you know, I'm disappointed about him not getting the the you know the pitching coach um, job, but we do get to keep him in the booth, so that's a plus. The Yankees decided to hire Matt Blake, who is just 33. So that's a big drop-off. Um, you know, Larry was 65. Matt Blake is a younger, you know, younger dude, more energy. The Yankees decided to go with him as their new pitching coach, which I'm very excited about. Blake was actually promoted by Cleveland a couple of days ago to be the director of pitching development but the Yankees came calling and money talks I mean come on now it's the Yankees for those who don't know much of him he previously was a pitching coordinator with the Cleveland Indians he's gotten a lot of credit for helping develop Quality starters for Cleveland. So just imagine what he can do with the Yankees pitchers. So I absolutely love the move. You know, he's no stranger to the Bronx either. He's a former member of the Yankees organization. Previously working for them as an area scout. And besides all that, he spent seven years as a pitching coordinator at Crazy Sports Performance, which is similar to Driveline. Driveline is where the Yankees found Sam Breen, Brian, who they named director of pitching earlier this year. So, I mean, he obviously has, you know, no experience as a pitching coach in the big leagues. Um... That's something that he will need to to work on, you know, gain the pit, the Yankees pitcher's trust, and he has to be able to translate the analytics through the players and not be robotic about it. You know, some players want more information than others, so he definitely needs to be able to to handle a a whole staff and add some personality to it. So Trevor Bauer actually had great input on him. So this is a direct quote. He's awesome. He's one of the smarter guys I know. Knows a lot about pitching. A lot about development. Good communicator. Really excited for him getting this opportunity. And pumped to see the results coming. Um, So yeah, coming from a guy like uh, Bauer... Um, I'm sold on, on Matt, you know, I read a lot of positive feedback and I'm excited to see him do work. 
And for those who follow Rob Friedman, aka Pitching Ninja, who always does overlays uh, on pictures, he praised Matt for knowing his stuff. And he also follows him on Twitter, who has been for a while, so that's telling. So we'll just have to see how everything goes. But from the sounds of it, it sounds like the Yankees really got their man. Yankees hired another coach. So it looks like Gary Sanchez will be working with a new mentor in 2020. The Yankees hired Tanner Swanson away from the Twins to be their big league catching coach and quality control coach. He was previously working for the Twins as a catching coordinator. Um... And he was one of the major reasons why the Twins catcher, Mitch Garver, became one of the league's best pitch framers last season, according to a report from the Athletics' Dan Hayes. And here is a direct quote from Garver. It was pretty much everything I needed to accomplish. I had to be a suitable defender, and without the help that Tanner gave me, I don't think I would have put myself into position to really be a true option for a starting catcher. I needed to improve on a lot of things, and he helped me do that. It was something that needed to happen. Now, we've seen improvements from Gary Sanchez, but there's always room for growth. Um, so he can get better at, at pitch framing. And if he was able to help a guy like Garver, then, you know, the, the sky is the limit for, for Sanchez. You know, I'm, I'm really happy that the Yankees are ponying up on all these coaches to help bring out the best in our star players. As Cashman said, you know, Gary Sanchez, he's part of the solution. You know, I believe he's not going anywhere. He's going to stay in New York. So these trade talks, you know, just just stop it. So that's two different coaches from two different teams that the Yankees have straight away, which is hilarious. Uh, we have yet to see if the Yankees will look into replacing their medical staff or not. So we'll have to stay tuned for that one. But 30 players on the IL list, that's unacceptable. I'm not feeling confident in in that staff. You know, they're, that's just way too many injuries. Um, and I feel like the Yankees... Kind of got lucky, you know, with the next man up thing. Um, because for other teams, you know, who know that's that's like really hard to replicate in in twenty twenty. And if you have all these guys going down, who's to say they're gonna come up and do the same thing? You know, and we need these guys. We um we need our main guys to to stay healthy. So whatever whatever the Yankees got to do, I hope they do do. <laughs> Let's talk about some 
Yankee free agents. So the Yankees did not offer the qualifying offer amount of $17.8 million to seven different Yankees. Let's begin with Bettences. So Bettences, who I would like for Yankees to bring back, is no short thing to return. Uh, the expectation for Dellen is that he will be fully recovered from his his injury and have a normal offseason. Had he not gotten injured, he could have been looking at a deal similar to Britain's. You know, we shall see how the market plays out because he's still a really good reliever, so you never know. There's other relievers that the Yankees can go out and sign or trade for if Bettences does not return or they can fill the spot internally and try to use that money towards a starter. Uh, you know, he was greatly missed when our top and reliever guys were starting to run out of gas. So, I mean, he's definitely a a big bonus if the Yankees were to bring him back. But it's not the end of the world if they miss out on Bettences. Uh, they just need to find a, a good back-end reliever that's consistent as much as Bettences is. So, you know, and if this is his... Last year in pinstripes, you know, what a sad ending. He hopped out the mound happy, and, you know, it just sucks that the Yankees weren't able to utilize him, you know, most of the year. Um, So that's Brett Gardner, who the Yankees are actually talking to. They're trying to bring him back, but no deal is close. With CC gone, I feel like it's important to keep the leadership going during the 2019 season. If you recall, during interviews, pre-game, post-game, a lot of the younger uh, players, they credited Gardy for helping them become better players and also making them feel comfortable from the get. You know, when you feel at home, you perform better. And you definitely have fun with it. It's easier to adjust in New York. You know, and and we have, let's see, Aaron Hicks, who is recovering from Tommy John surgery. Uh, so it makes it easier to, to bring Gardy back. He's no slouch. He had a great season. Um... 261 batting average. He had a career high uh 28 home runs, 74 RBIs, 325 on base percentage. Um his slugging was 503. And his defense I feel is underrated because he makes a lot of you know great defensive plays and left. And he's not the same center fielder as before, but he can hold his own. Uh, the rest of the the Yankees that were free agents, um, it's Corey Guerin. There's Didi, Didi Gregorius, Karen Mabin, Austin Romine, Cece Sabathia. Yes, Sabathia is retired. So let's get into Didi. So Didi, you know, he returned from... 
Tommy John surgery to bat 238 on base percentage was 276. Uh, he had 16 home runs, 61 RBIs in 82 games. So in the postseason, he did not provide much offense either, except in the AODS, I believe it was game two when he hit the Grand Slam. He clearly had a down year in his walk year, but overall, with his career with the Yankees, he put in that work. He had big shoes to fill, taking over at shortstop when Jeter retired. You know, it went pretty smooth, and Didi was a a very good shortstop for us before he got hurt and got the Tommy John surgery. Didi quickly became a fan favorite. He was fun. He was clutch for the past five years. So it's crazy how time flies. Uh, and, you know, he, he filled in those that position well. I appreciate everything he's done for the organization. He's such a great teammate. He's fun. I always have respect for him. I do believe the Yankees can move on from him because of the talent they currently have if he doesn't return. Which sucks because he was almost certain to get you know to get an extension or something before getting injured, and you know he just didn't perform this year. So, and the Yankees they have a crowded infield, so um, you know they can go forward with superstar Torres at short, which is his natural position. They have DJ um, at second base, which is his best position. Also, DJ has one year and twelve million dollars left on his contract. So I, you know, I expect the team to either extend him this off season or they can, you know, work on that next year. Well, during the next off season. Uh, they also have Det and Wade, who has shown sign of improvements with the bat, and his fielding, as you know, is exceptional. Tyro Estrada is an MLB player stuck in the minors, but when he was called upon in the bigs, he showed that he can hit and he can field. I followed him since his minor new, minor league. Days and I always thought that he was too good for double A or triple A. So when he got to the bigs, it was like, "Yup, this is where this this kid belongs." He can he can definitely keep up with the guys. So the Yankees can either hold on to him for debt uh, for a little bit, or they can trade him in the future. He can be part of a package. Um. But yeah, losing Didi also means losing a lefty bat. The Yankees still have some lefties left. You know, they have Talkman and Guardy if he's brought back. They have Ford. Uh, Bird is on the, the roster, but he can be non-tendered. Uh, so they, they would be missing two lefty bats with Hicks out until June-July. And Didi no longer in the picture if the Yankees don't resign him. But they have Wade, who bats from the left side. Ellsbury still exists. You know, he's still on that roster. 
but being you know heavy right-handed it gives the opposing managers I wouldn't say easier but you know they can navigate through the lineup somewhat easier than if the Yankees were right left right left or however you want to put it in um so I do think the Yankees will you know maybe add another lefty it's not a guarantee but you know I feel pretty confident with the infield that they they currently have I'm not sure if Romine comes back because he has expressed his love for wanting to be a starting catcher but at the same time he loves catching for the Yankees that backup role can be can be filled internally with Higgy if the Yankees want to apply that money elsewhere but I doubt the Yankees will pay Romine as a starter so he may be wearing a different jersey next year I just wanted to acknowledge Romine for all the times he has stepped up uh, when Gary was injured or going through his um, offensive struggles, uh, defensive struggles as well, uh, when they would give Gary days off. You know, Romine, he always remained ready to hit. He wasn't an automatic out. He put up competitive at-bats. He went with pitches the other way. So basically what I'm trying to say is he was no slouch and the pitchers love pitching to him. I like his demeanor. He means business. And if this was his last year in pinstripes, I truly wish him the best and I hope he gets the starting catching job he deserves. But if the Yankees and Romine were able to work something out, then then that's great. But I just don't see it happening. Uh, Cameron Mabin, another one who I don't expect to come back. You know, he turned his year around with the help of the Yankees hitting coaches, which he has credited, you know, he credited them for. He was fun to watch, and the the chemistry in the dugout was pretty lit. The players seemed to feed off his energy. You know, you can't go wrong with hug season. Um... All the shirts that came out, that was awesome. And he bought some. You know, it was it was cool. Um, he was great interacting with fans on social media. You know, he's a decent fielder, um, and he had a a decent season with the bat. And it would have been nice to see him return, but he may be looking for a multi-year deal. I mean, he's only thirty-two. Plus, the Yankees are already talking to uh, 36-year-old Gardner, which they are probably bringing back for one more year. The Yankees also have Talkman as well. In 87 games, he hit 277. His on-base percentage was 361, and he was slugging 504, 13 home runs, 47 RBIs. And there was 16 defensive runs saved. And he didn't play anywhere near a full year. So imagine, you know, what 2020 will bring for Talkman in a full season. So I'm excited about that. He can even earn a starting role. 
um, you know, Gardy can be the fourth off-fielder, or when Staten is DHing, Gardy can be in left, Judge goes to right field, Talkman in center, or Gardy in center if Talkman is not playing. Frazier is another piece on the depth chart. The Yankees may try to shop him, or they can keep him for depth. And it's also worth mentioning that the Yankees reinstated Ellsbury from the 60-day DL. I'm not counting on him or anything, but he is on the active roster, believe it or not. So I don't know what to make of that, but that is the Yankees' outfield situation right now. The Yankees declined Edwin Encarnacion's $20 million option for 2020. Um, he did not hit in the AOCS. You know, he couldn't, he couldn't catch up to anything. Um, he did have some big hits in the ALDS, but besides that, he was he was ghost. I feel like if he had a better series, the Yankees would have considered bringing him back, but that just did not happen. And according to Cashman, Encarnacion was completely healthy during the ALCS uh, based on his bat speed. Uh, you know, it, it didn't look like he was himself in the AOCS. Uh, but then again, the whole team was pressing. So, you know, the same way good hitting is contagious, bad hitting is also contagious. You know, I'm a big fan of Ford. I've been following him closely since his Trenton days. And he always proved that he can hit. I even said, you know, giving, given the chance and enough at-bats, he will show just that, and he did. He did a great job when Voight went down. And speaking of Voight, he had surgery to address a bilateral core muscle injury, and he's expected back in spring training. I'm excited about that. And when... Encarnacion was injured, Ford continued to rake until Edwin returned. It's just too bad that Ford didn't get an opportunity um, in the playoffs because, you know, who knows what would have happened. Oh, and by the way, the Yankees reinstated Greg Bird. Yes, Greg Bird from the 60-day DL. You know, we've seen him play... A very good first base and his swing is tailor-made for Yankee Stadium another lefty bat but the the injuries you know they just kept piling up on him and he was never able to take advantage of the opportunity and that's why the Yankees made a trade for Voight in the first place later found out they have a keeper in Ford uh, so Bird, he is expendable. I mean, he can be non-tendered as well. But he's another player that we can't count on. He usually has a great spring training and then falls apart during the season. So, I mean, is 2020 going to be any different? The Yankees will have to ride that one out to see or trade him. Um, but... You know, definitely cannot expect Bird to be a player for us. He needs to he needs to prove prove that. He has yet to prove it.
Let's talk about the injury report. Aaron Hicks had Tommy John surgery back on October 30th. So the time frame for him to return is from 8 to 10 months. So he may be back June, July, around the same time frame that Didi came back. A lot of people were saying that he should have had the surgery sooner and so that he would have came back sooner in the season in 2020. But it just didn't work out that way. You know, he was resting. And then the man decided to, you know, get a second opinion. And he sent some some clips to the Yankees. They gave him the okay to return for the ALCS. So I felt like he had a lot of heart coming back with an injury. And actually, he looked pretty good. Good. He worked his walks. He fouled off a lot of pitches. And he delivered a big blow against Verlander in Game 5. If you remember, it was that clutch three-run home run to extend the Yankees' lead. So he was a big reason why the Yankees won that game. And they ended up pushing for a Game 6, which of course they lost. Uh, so I'm excited to see Hicks return back in 2020. It's going to feel like the Yankees are adding a a big piece come the trade deadline with the addition of Hicks because this man does it all. He can field, he can hit, switch hitter. You got a cannon. Man, I can't wait to have him back. Giancarlo Stanton would have been shut down if it was the regular season because he was playing through a grade 2 quad uh, strain injury. And Cashman was just saying they wanted to keep him available for a possible World Series, which did not happen. Besides the few walks that he drew, he did not. He was not the, the Stanton that we all know. Masahiro Tanaka had arthroscopic surgery to remove a bone spur in his pitching elbow. But he is expected back for spring training, so that's what's up. Montgomery pitched great before getting Tommy John surgery. And he is expected back. I'm very high on him. And I'm excited to see him in a full season with a new pitching coach. I'm also excited about Matt working with Sevi and the other younger guys as well. Even the, the, the older dudes, because you can never stop learning. Brian Cashman recently had a press conference. He didn't consider the season a failure because of things they overcame. You know, he mentioned the Yankees not you know, living up to their ultimate goal, which is winning the World Series, but he just, you know, didn't feel like the season was a failure. In my opinion, you know, the Yankees' mentality mentality has always been World Series or bust. So, in my opinion, it was definitely a failure. They didn't take the trophy home. And Cash said the pitching was not the Yankees' problem in the ALCS. It was more so with runners in scoring position, which is true. But then again, the starters didn't go the distance. 
And there were texts, and the, they text the pen more than they should have, even in the regular season. And with enough looks against the Astros, I felt like the advantage went to the Astros hitters. Cash and Sweeney, <laughs> they went back and forth when Sweeney put him on, on the spot, and Cash was defensive about it. Everyone was praising Sweeney on Twitter for stepping up, questioning Cash about the pitchers that he passed up on. You know, Sweeney basically stated that there were several pitchers over the last few years pitching in the World Series that Cash passed up on. And then Cash was like, I didn't pass up on him. And then he asked for specifics. And then Sweeney brought up Verlander, Corbin, and Cole. As far as Verlander, he mentioned about two to three years ago that Justin was in play, but under the Yankees' payroll structure, he was not going to fit. He did mention ownership, but but then turned around and said he wasn't putting blame on them, that they were just trying to stay under the luxury tax. Then he goes on how that question had been answered several times over and over. But, I mean, it's still a pass at the end of the day because they didn't try to move some pieces to make room for Verlander. And at the same time, he wasn't as great of a pitcher that he is right now with with Houston. Kudos to the Astros pitching coaches for making him great because he certainly learned a lot. Cashman then questioned Sweeney uh, about Corbin. He's like, did we make an offer for Corbin, yes or no? And then Sweeney goes, you tell me. And Cashman was like, I think you know the answer. Do you not know the answer? And then Sweeney follows up with, I was told no. Cashman then confirmed that they didn't make an offer, but the Nationals made a significant offer that Corbin couldn't turn down. You know, it's a still it's still a pass at the end of the day because they did not top the Nationals offer. And Corbin is no ace, so I feel like the Yankees, you know, did good by not getting into a bidding war with the Nationals. And as far as Cole goes, you know, he was traded from the Pirates to the Astros. The Pirates wanted Floreal. They wanted Andy Hart and Frazier. The Yankees said no. You know, that's passing up on Cole because they ultimately did not increase the offer as Sweeney stated. And Cashman goes on about how Houston made an offer that Pittsburgh thought was better. You know, obviously Cole was a good pitcher back then, but the the Astros, just like Verlander, they made him great. And they certainly got the credit for it. You know, hopefully something our new pitching coach can do with our youngsters. The Yankees have had their eyes on Cole since forever. They drafted him back in the day. He passed on them, went to college. They tried to trade for him, failed to land him. And then Cash was asked if he regretted any decisions. And he just mentioned how he doesn't regret the process 
and how some things are controlled. So, so yeah, how in the front office, they definitely have a lot to do with these passings. But at the same time, it's Cashman's job to do the convincing um, for, for how to buy into getting one of these guys no matter what. In this case, Cole is a free agent. He can keep his prospects and Cole for just money. You know, he mentioned Kushaw missing out um, not by much. He mentioned that they missed out by the hair of a chinny chin chin. But he sat out majority of the year. He missed spring training. Nobody knew what to expect. He hasn't been the same pitcher as the last couple of years. And it showed because he wasn't flattering at all with the Braves. But maybe with a regular offseason, um, regular spring training, he can come back and perform even better. And as far as the... The starters go like the Yankees they've tried to acquire starting pitching the teams are always driving up the Yankees prices so the easiest thing to do is sign a free agent you know they made that bold move when they signed both AJ and CC to put them over the top they haven't done it since the price is right in front of their eyes so yeah even though Cole is from California, he's still going to the highest bidder. You don't choose Boris as your agent if that's not in your plan. The Yankees are set up to win now, and Cole loves to win. Like, are you going to tell me, like, let's say the Padres, Angels, Giants have a similar offer that he's going to pick the West Coast over the Yankees. Now nah, the Yankees have a chance to win now. And the Astros actually mentioned that they were going to make a push to resign him, but their GM mentioned how Boris is difficult. Also, how blame the Yankees losses in the playoffs on the on the hitters? He praised the rotation, even though they averaged just four and a third innings. And that's in nine games, which is horrible. But kudos to the Astros hitters for being pesky and working, you know, working the count, falling off a lot of pitches. And here's how's the records. While I won't comment about prospective free agents, I will say that any deal that GM Brian Cashman and his people put in front of me, I will consider seriously. I always do. For the most part, I think that our starting pitching was good this year, even missing Severino and Montgomery. I also think they did a good job in the postseason. In the end, it was primarily a lack of timely hitting that was our downfall resulting in too many guys left on base, my opinion. If the 2020 season was the, uh, to start tomorrow, I would feel considerably more confident than I did a year ago at this time. We will have both Severino and Montgomery back. We now know that Herman can pitch effectively at this level. 
And we know Paxton can be the guy that we were hoping for when we made the trade with the Seattle Mariners, November 2018. We have Tanaka. I mean, how isn't going to come out and say, yes, we're going to push for Cole or another player, even though he may be, they may be on their radar? He's a Boris client, so, you know, this is going to drag out. But time would tell if he really means what he said. Strasburg also opted out of his contract with the Nationals, so that's someone else the Yankees could look into. But I want a number one starter. I want the best pitcher in baseball. I want Garrett Cole. And I'm not sure why... How threw in Herman's name, not knowing, you know, what's going to happen with him. He actually went on Instagram Live and it backfired when the fans came at Herman with negative comments, but that was expected. I mean, there's a domestic violence case going on and it's actually at, his, at its uh, final stages. So we're going to know. In a matter of re- in a matter of weeks rather than than months. So yeah, the quicker the the Yankees know, the better they be they'll be able to plan things out as far as their pitching goes. The Yankees bring home some hardware. Congrats to DJ LeMahieu for winning his first ever Silver Slugger Award. His numbers were off the charts this year. 327 batting average, 26 home runs, 102 RBIs, and he had an 893 OPS. I'll say this, in his first year coming over from the NL to the AL, learning a new league, new team, he definitely put in the work, and he fit in right away. Quickly became a fan favorite. And he's very deserving of the award. I can see him winning a couple more of these. Uh, upsetting how he didn't get a gold glove. You know, he played gold glove defense all season long at first base, second base, and third base. And, you know, it, he just wasn't recognized for it. And not even an MVP finalist. Because of a war stat, which boggles my mind. I'm not sure how Marcus Seaman got on the list before him. DJ is the better player. Without DJ, I highly doubt the Yankees would have went as far as they went. I feel like the voters are just being biased against the Yankees, which is nothing new, but it is tiring. Aaron Judge has yet to win a gold glove as he didn't qualify as a finalist, even though he led all of AL right fielders with 19 defensive runs saved in 775 and a third of an inning, which is impressive, but it has something to do with Judge not reaching the qualified innings limit. But he did beat out Mookie Betts for the Wilson Defensive Player of the Year award in right field. So there's different qualifications there. It couldn't have happened to a better person and player. I'm happy for him. 
you know, to have his defense recognized because he plays a hell of a right field. So many diving plays, uh, leaping catches, cutting balls off in the gap, showing off that cannon, throwing runners out, uh, crashing into walls. He just plays phenomenal defense, and he he does it all. So congrats to Judge on the first of many. Next up is that gold glove, which he needs to play enough innings to qualify for. I believe that's the next goal for him. And he was pretty happy. He was thanking, you know, his coaches, his teammates, and all that. Um, so, yeah, I'm very happy for him on that award. Aaron Boone was named one of three finalists for the 2019 American League Manager of the Year Award. Cash and Baldelli are the other two. And with all the adversity going on, the injuries, uh, the way that he was able to maintain, maintain that same attitude and the whole next man up as far as competing on a daily basis when the studs went down, you know, the kids from... Triple A, they they, you know they bought into, um, what Aaron Boone Boone was um, talking about. He showed his leadership abilities. He kept his group together, focused no matter what. Whoever they call upon, they were confident enough to get the job done, and that confidence begins with the manager. You know, especially winning one hundred three games. In the AOEs for the first time in years. That's a great accomplishment. He even made history in the first two seasons as a Yankees manager, becoming the first manager ever to guide the team to back to back 100 win seasons in the first two years on the job. So he cruised right past Baldelli's team in the ALDS. And while Cash has done a nice job, Boone has done. A even better job, you know. Uh, the Yankees perform, and the the Yanks next man up. You know, in spite of all the injuries, they had an incredible run. Thirty players on the injured list, and Boone's ability to keep the player focused on the task at hand. You know that that just shows you what kind of manager he is and i i really do hope he wins the award because he definitely deserves to win the award tmz caught stanton wandering the the streets of la and there were some quotes that came out um so he was like you can never go wrong with Cole and Strasburg. He's like, let's go, both of them. I'm pretty sure Garrett grew up a Yankee fan, so he always liked to do that. And Stras, we debuted together, so he liked that. Uh, so I don't see this being realistic. It's not 2009 where the Yankees grabbed AJ and CC. Um, I mean, the Yankees should <laughs> grab both, but I don't see that happening. The only way I see that happening is if Stanton's con- contract is moved, to be honest. So it's wishful thinking, and and it's crazy because this isn't a small market team. 
the Yankees can't afford those two, but I mean, hopefully they can grab one. You know, now it's just, now it's about hope. And if they don't land any of them, there's also hope for guys like Wheeler. Um, just hope he isn't their f- first choice. There's Mad Bum, who is older, and they've been linked to him in the past. I'm not sure if they're going to strongly consider him. So he's another fallback option. Or they can possibly try to trade for someone the same way they went for Paxton in hopes of, you know, having him pitch to his the best of his ability to become a winner number two starter uh there was Lindor talks um how Cleveland can't afford him and they might try to deal him um I don't see it happening with the Yankees um they didn't want to even bother giving us Bauer and the Indians face the Yankees a lot so I mean the only way I see this happening is if the Yankees overpay and why overpay for Lindor? I mean, I get he's a he's an all-star and everything, but we have all these talented guys in the infield. You don't need a you know a star at every position. And I get that they they aren't Lindor, but the bigger need is starting pitching. So I say overpay for a starter. Uh, news came out that the Yankees tried hard to acquire Orioles reliever um, Givens at the trade deadline. And I remember the Yankees, you know, rocking this dude. They came, they came back off of him a couple of times. His numbers were a little underwhelming. He, his uh, record was 2-6. He had a 4.57 ERA and 63 innings pitch. He struck out 86. And out of 19 save opportunities, he was only able to save 11. He gave up 32 earned runs and 13 home runs. His whip was 1.19. So yeah, his numbers aren't that impressive. Um, So I do think the Yankees could do a lot better than him, either internally or trading for a different pitcher. Um, Or they could bring back Bettences, and, you know, we already talked about that. Also, in 2020, there will be a 26-man roster. So with a team like the Yankees with so much depth, they can take advantage. And come season... It'll make the manager's job a a little easier, you know, on who makes the roster. And the Yankees can flaunt their debt with either a position player that, you know, in the past year might have not made the roster because they didn't have enough roster roster space at 25 guys. So now they'll have 26 guys. So it can be either an extra pitcher or a position player. So I like this move. So yeah, so that pretty much wraps up the offseason talk so far. I expect more to happen, especially during the winter meetings. 
Um, if you aren't following me on my social media accounts, you can follow my Twitter, Last Single Digits, my other Twitter account, which is Yanks Next Man Up, my Instagram, which is Yanks Next Man Up. Don't forget to rate the podcast, subscribe if you haven't. You can leave a voice note and stay tuned for more Yankees news. Go Yankees.